Morning, everybody. For those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Jim, and if I've never met you before, I'd love to welcome you to our church this morning. I'd love to meet you after the service if you have time. Uh, we're continuing on in our study of the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 8. If you're using one of the blue chair Bibles, it's on page 894. And to break a little bit with my character, I have a prop today. And uh, this is the limits of my creativity. It's a flashlight. And sermon done. No. This flashlight, I've had this flashlight for a very long time. Uh, It's pretty useless right now because of how well lit our sanctuary is, especially after upgrade a few years ago, how well, I can say that now. I don't know if I could have said that earlier when we were here, but just so well lit, all these nice lights, and if I were to come up here, you know, like I'm finding my way up the stairs, you guys would think I'm a little loony, and you'd probably be right, because a flashlight isn't useful in the light. And you're like, oh, thank you for that great pearl of wisdom, Jim. You see, flashlights assume darkness. So I'll tell you that I don't use this flashlight a lot here at the church or here on Sunday morning when I'm at my work, but when I worked at a camp, I use this thing every day. In fact, one of my favorite jobs, as a part of one of my jobs, was I got to be the curfew police. Yeah, I was really good at it. Oh, man. That was so good. And, you know, you can use this to bang on doors and uh, tell people to be quiet. And we had, on that part of camp, we had a couple hundred kids and a couple hundred uh, counselors and then just these workers who didn't sleep with the kids. So they were all in these staff cabins. And you get all these college kids in all these cabins, and they never want to sleep. And you're like, listen, just go to sleep. And... When you're up late at night during curfew, when you're in the middle of the woods of northern Michigan and you're driving a golf cart with no headlights, I was really good at it, um, you need a flashlight. But again, it's because it's dark. Using a flashlight assumes darkness. Needing a light assumes dark. And it's that very, very simple truth that's at the center of our text today in John. We're going to see Jesus talking about himself as the light. And if Jesus is the light, if he needs to be the light, that assumes darkness. And so we're going to talk today about what it means that Jesus is the light and what that darkness is. If you're following along in the outline provided in your bulletin, you're going to see this main idea, this big idea for our sermon this morning, that Jesus is the light of the world who brings life to those who follow him, and those who follow him bring his light to the world. So again, in breaking a little bit with tradition, there's a longer text, but we're going to focus on two verses out of our text this morning. And the first one is verse 12. 
Again, follow along as I read. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is one of these important sayings throughout the Gospel of John. Jesus says, I am da-da-da-da-da. And this is one of them, where I am the light of the world. And so we begin by asking ourselves, saying, why would Jesus call himself, why would he use this metaphor of light to describe himself? Part of the answer to that question is that chapter 8 is in the same context as chapter 7, and that is the festival of booths that we talked about all throughout chapter 7. It was this time where so many people, religious Jews, came to the city of Jerusalem to live in shacks to remember the wandering in the wilderness as recorded in the Old Testament. Now I'm going to read an extended quote from one of the authors that shows a connection between the festival of booths And Jesus being called the light of the world. Reading from one of the commentators here. And and this is also drawn on some of the Jewish history outside of the Bible that we have. And it begins with a quote from there. He who has not seen the joy of the place of water drawing has never in his life seen joy. This exuberant claim stands just before the description of the light of the four huge lamps in the temple's court of women and of the exuberant celebration that took place under their light. Quote, Men of piety and good works danced through the night holding burning torches in their hands and singing songs and praises. The Levitical orchestra cut loose and some sources attest that this went on every night of the Feast of Tabernacles, with light from the temple area shedding its glow all over Jerusalem. In this context, Jesus declares to the people, I am the light of the world. So part of the celebration of this festival was to light these huge lamps at the temple. Now again, there's not a lot of light pollution in the ancient world. And so if you have light somewhere up on a hill, it's going to go everywhere. And so people from all around could look and see the light that was coming from the temple. The representation of God's presence among his people. And it's in this context that Jesus claims that it's not the temple with its lamps but that he himself is the light of the world. And he continues on in verse 12, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to live in darkness anymore, but Not only will you have light, because again, he's speaking in metaphors. The ancient people knew what metaphors were. But you will have the light of life. So Jesus is the light that gives life. And when you read throughout your Bible, this is a theme that runs throughout the entire thing, this connection of light talking about life. 
Let me give you an example from the book of Job. This is Job chapter 33. Behold, God does all these things twice, three times with a man to bring his soul from the pit that he may be lighted with the light of life. That's from the book of Job. It's sort of the picture of if you're in the grave, if you're dead, there's no light coming in. You can't see. And so there's this connection with being able to see and being in the light with being alive. Now we can think of many examples in our world that demonstrate this truth. You think of plants needing sunlight to create food. You may think of yourself in that you need sunlight after the weather here for so many months. And how all of a sudden, sun's out, gun's out, because we're just, the sun is out and we're there. Back then, you also think of that the major sources of light were, were from fire and from the sun, which also provided heat, which was needed to live. Also, you have that light can protect your life. If you're wandering through the forest at night and you have a flashlight, it protects your life. And that's another connection of light to the festival of booze. Remember, the festival was celebrating the wandering in the wilderness. Well, what? How did they wander at night? They didn't have headlights. What did they have? God provided a pillar of fire to, say, to show his presence among his people and that he provided a way for him to lead them even through the darkness. And it's all of these that come together to connect light and life, to connect God's presence among his people and light. That just as the people of Israel followed the light of the pillar of fire, so too Jesus calls the Israel of his time to follow his light and to find life. One quick point on his use of the word follow here. Normally we might think that this would be a place where John writes, believe, whoever believes in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that would make complete sense and fit within John. But I think it's interesting that John chooses to use the word follow. I think, again, it's a connection to the pillar of fire in the Exodus story. But I think there's also something to learn that our faith in Jesus, our believing in Jesus, always demonstrates itself in action of following him. That we do not have just a hypothetical or cognitive belief, but that our faith in Jesus always shows itself in living like Jesus and following him in word and in action. The Christian faith is an active faith which lives itself out in obedience to Christ. But if those who follow Jesus come into the light, those who reject Jesus are in the dark.
And as we continue on, I want you to see what's assumed here, that the default position of a person is in the darkness. That the default of a person before placing their trust in Christ is that they are in darkness. That apart from Christ, they are walking in darkness. And I want you to keep that in mind. We're going to keep coming back to that idea as we look at what this darkness is by looking at verse 24. Jesus has continued to speak to the people here. As we've seen before, there's debate about whether Jesus can make claims about himself and witnesses, and, and we've, we covered that mostly in chapter 7. In 21 through 30, there is discussion about where Jesus is from and who the Father is, and we've seen that time and time again. But in the middle of that, we have verse 24. Jesus says, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. While these verses, 12 and 24, are separated by a good amount of verses in the middle, this idea of life and death connects them. Just as light was contrasted with darkness, I think we see the contrast here as well of what brings life and what brings death. And what we see here is that apart from Christ... We die in our sins. He says, For unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. And it goes back to this idea I said earlier of default position. What is the default position of a person? In both cases, there is a call to faith, a call to come into the light. But if there's a call to come into the light, there's an assumption of darkness, of being in the darkness. Again, you don't need a light if it's all light outside. But you need a light if it's dark. Sin is the darkness that needs a light. Sin is the sickness that needs a cure. Sin, the darkness that we live in apart from Jesus Christ, leads to death, which leads to eternal punishment and separation from God in hell. Which, by the way, Jesus refers to in Matthew 8, 12 as the outer darkness. The reason that I emphasize this idea of what is the default position of a person is that that is a real debate in our culture and it can really separate one person from another. Many people in our world think that we are naturally good people. You see this in every movie and TV show when one of the good guys might turn bad and they're like, fight it, I know there's good in you. So tired of that cliche. (laughs) 
Because I think it is so completely against what the Bible says. Because the more I know myself, the more I experience life as myself, the more I know how untrue that is. And I think if you're honest with yourself, and even just about yourself, not even talking about other people, but if you're honest with yourself, you know deep down inside you are not naturally good. You are naturally selfish. You are naturally proud. I am naturally selfish. I am naturally proud. On top of that, in our culture, we have phrases like, well, I'm only human. Or it's just my personality. (laughs) How many times have we used that as cover for, you know what, you were just being a jerk. (laughs) See, but what we're doing there, and again, yeah, there's a point where, you know, people make mistakes. That, That is true. But there's also a danger in where we downgrade sin in our lives to a mistake? Well, I didn't mean to. And that understanding of sin never leads to repentance or a felt need of salvation in Christ. Just as we downplay the human condition, we also downplay our sin because we are masters of self-deception and self-justification. That, yeah, we should be patient with each other because we will make mistakes. I will let you down, you will let me down. And there, there are accidents in our world. But at the same time, we cannot downgrade that I am a sinner in need of forgiveness. That apart from Christ, I am walking in darkness. And that this side of heaven, I can pursue holiness, but I will never reach it. The default position of you and I is one of separation from God and walking in darkness. And even when we have trust in Christ, we're we're forgiven sinners. (laughs) It doesn't make us perfect. But what Jesus is saying to us is there is a darkness of sin that leads to separation from God and to total eternal darkness but that he has come into the world with light. And with a light that gives life to all who believe. Look at verse 24 again. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Well, that means if you do believe, you will not die in your sins. Look back at verse 12. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. That when we follow Jesus in faith, we have the guarantee of life from him. 
That is the hope. See, if, if, if our default position is good, we're naturally good, and if our sin is just, you know, we messed up, then the solution would just be we'll do better. But the Bible says you can't do better. And the Bible says you need to be rescued from darkness and brought into the light. The people walking in darkness, you, me, the people in our community, need the light of Jesus. How do we apply this to our lives today? First one is, is, is pretty simple. And it's a call to follow Jesus in faith and find life and forgiveness. If you've never done that, you are living in darkness. And a darkness that leads to death. But the Bible is very clear that you can find forgiveness of that sin. That you can find life where there was death through faith in Christ. And each of us need to do this because, because here's another lie we tell ourselves. All the darkness is out there. So if I just stay away from the bad people... I won't get infected by their badness. And, and this is especially important for parents and grandparents to hear. When you think about your kids and your grandkids, yeah, there is darkness out there. There is evil out there. But don't ever forget that there is darkness in their heart. that their biggest problem is not the darkness out there, it's what's in here. That each of them need to find forgiveness of their sins in Jesus Christ. And it's not good enough just to keep them away from the sins of other people. <laughs> we do live in a dark world but apart from the forgiveness of Jesus, you're still walking in darkness. Number two, if you have followed Jesus, you do not have to be afraid because through the light of the world, your life is guaranteed. As I looked at how the Bible uses light, and especially that phrase, light of life, what I found was a couple places where the idea of receiving the light of life from God was connected with not being afraid. Let me give you an example from Psalm 56. In God whose, whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 13, for you have delivered my soul from death, yet my, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light 
of life. So as the Bible, as God uses this phrase, light of life, throughout the Bible it's connected to not being afraid because you are safe in the hands of your God. Again, the psalmist says, what can man do to me? If you have placed your personal trust in Jesus, you will walk in the light of life. And that cannot be taken away by any person. That you are safe in God's hands when you've placed your trust in him. Number three. As recipients of the light of life, we are called to share that light with a dark and dying world. If we truly believe that apart from Christ, people are walking in darkness and that darkness of sin leads to death, then it would be cruel not to share the message of Jesus. It would be cruel not to share that message with those we know who do not know him. See, sometimes I think we don't share because we don't actually believe that sin leads to judgment and judgment leads to death. Or we actually believe that the default position is, you know, pretty good. It may be maybe morally neutral. But if we believe that apart from Christ, a person stands condemned in their sin, then it would be cruel not to share Jesus with them. Last week, we had these cards that we passed out. And if you weren't here last week, pick one up and I can explain it to you if you want. This was the how. This helps you with knowing how to reach out to your friends and your community with the message of the gospel. But if that's the how then I think today is at least part of the why. Because it's not just it would be nice if someone believed in Jesus. There is a need that people have to follow Jesus because apart from Jesus, they will not have life, they will have death. Paul in the book of Ephesians puts it this way, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. See, if Jesus is the light of the world, it assumes darkness. And if we really believe that people apart from Christ are living in darkness, then that is the why of our witness because it is truly a matter of life and death and they can't create light somewhere else there's only one light here and that is Jesus 
So don't be afraid of the darkness because darkness cannot overcome the light. And the message of Jesus will go forward into the darkness and bring light to a dark world. And he has called us to be the carriers of the light for him. Carrying the good news that all who follow Jesus will be forgiven of their sins and have the gift of eternal life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you sent your Son to be light in a dark world, that all who believe in him will not die in their sins, but will have the light of life. God, we thank you that you, while we were dead in our trespasses and sin, made us alive in Christ through faith, by your grace, and that we would be your witnesses out into the darkness, carrying the light of the gospel and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ who offers forgiveness and the hope of eternal life. And we pray this in his name. Amen.